Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The Gospel passage for this weekend is one in which we're coming into the middle of a story. The context in which this Gospel is set in is that John has been preaching in the desert for a considerable amount of time. Now he's right outside Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem is the great city of all of the country of Israel. It's the political, economic, and religious epicenter of the entire country. It is the greatest of all the cities in Israel. Now, if you want anything done politically or make any economic deals, you would go to Jerusalem. More to it, if you are a devout Jew, you would go to Jerusalem on a regular basis because that is where the temple is, the temple which contained the presence of God. But it doesn't stop there. In Jerusalem, there are many shops, restaurants, galleries, Jerusalem is a place where you go to, kind of like Paris or London. It's a destination. And once you get there, you don't want to leave because it's such a beautiful city. Now, what are the people in the gospel for today doing? Well, they're leaving Jerusalem. There's something more powerful that is, you could say, dragging them away. They're going out into the desert to listen to John. The people hear John's message and they act upon it. They accept the baptism for the repentance of sins. In some ways, they're recognizing their true identity as sinners. And we are all sinners, but we are loved sinners by God. Now, in some ways, it's like the 12-step process. In order for healing to begin, the first step is to recognize and acknowledge there is some dysfunction playing in our life, and we are powerless against it. Therefore, we need a higher power. Only then can the healing begin. Well, sin, you could say, is somewhat like an addiction. The first step to be healed is acknowledge we are powerless against our sin. That's why we need God. We need Jesus to help us overcome our sin. We can't will our way out of sin. And see, that's what's going on right now in the gospel. The people are going out to John. They listen to him. They recognize their sinfulness. They express the desire to change by being baptized. And yet now, after being baptized, the people ask the question, what should we do? And they keep asking John just that. See, now we get into the gospel passage that we have for this weekend. Now, the first take we can understand on this question, what should we do? Well, the people are asking, they're asking from all walks of life. It's not just one certain group that is going out to John and being baptized, like the religious establishment, the Pharisees or the Sadducees. No, instead, it's common people, soldiers, tax collectors. It's people like you and I. You know, it's us. You know, in many ways, the people in this gospel story, they essentially are exactly like us. 
And we'll, we'll come to find out about that, you know, as we make our way through this gospel. Now, the other thing that we can take from this question, what should we do? These people are eager. They want more in their faith. Well, don't we? Aren't we eager to increase our faith, to grow stronger with Christ? Aren't we eager for salvation and heaven? Well, what they're really asking for is a question of discipleship. More to it, it's a question of identity. You know, so often we as Catholics, we ask that question, what does discipleship look like? What should I do to grow in my faith? What must I do to have purpose and meaning in life? Well, this is precisely what's going on right now in the gospel. Having been baptized, these people are now motivated and they're eager, just like we are. They want to know what they need to do in their lives to be fully prepared and ready to welcome the Messiah. And the Messiah is coming. And so that great question, what should we do? For us, that's a great Advent question. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Messiah, what must we do in Advent, in the last few weeks that we have, to prepare ourselves to be drawn into the mystery of Jesus' birth? Now, what does John say? Well, he says, first, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none. And whoever has food should do likewise. Well, this gets down to the heart of how we are to use our possessions. I've given you this quote from Thomas Aquinas many times. Aquinas says, Everything that we possess, all of our possessions, all of our property, even flesh, bone, blood, even our very thoughts are not ours. They're gifts given to us by God. All of our possessions, including the greatest possession that we have, the gift of our very life, is all God's gifts. And so, how does God intend us to use our gifts? Well, exactly the way John tells the people. Now, for many of us in our parishes during this Advent season, we've had a giving tree. Well, people have bought gifts for those that are less fortunate, you know, so that they could enjoy those gifts. Before Thanksgiving, parishes had food drives. And so we believe that all that we have is a gift given to us by God. And therefore, we're good stewards of those gifts. We freely share them. You know, four years ago, our parishes started the stewardship theme of belong, believe, and become. And part of becoming is we become the person that God created us to be. And in doing so, we freely share our prayers, our prosperity, as well as our skills and abilities, for the benefit of the community. See, when we do that, then we have opened ourselves up to receive Jesus in our life, each and every day of our life. But just the opposite holds true. If a person has a mindset that they say, you know, I earn these things, these possessions, go fend for yourself, earn your own possessions. Well, they cling to those things that they have. They don't share them. Well, if they do that, then that person has closed themselves off from receiving Christ. Next, the tax collectors ask, what should we do? John says, stop collecting more than is prescribed. Now, for us to really understand what John means here, it's important for us to understand some of the things about the tax collectors. The tax collectors were really collaborators with the Romans. They weren't faithful and patriotic Jews. No, they were on the side of the Romans. 
the very people that were oppressing the Israelites. Now, the tax collectors collected a tax that was exclusively for the Romans. Part of the tax went immediately to the Roman soldiers that were oppressing the Israelites and occupying their country. The other part of the tax went to Rome as tribute to Caesar. And so tax collectors were pretty much considered scum of the earth. Now, when we pay our taxes, we know exactly where our taxes go. To the government, to the military, social services, roads, schools. But in this case, all their taxes went to the Romans, their persecutors. Now, to add insult to injury, the tax collectors earned their living or their salary by skimming off the top. Essentially, what they would do is they would tell you what your tax is, and then they would increase it by maybe 15 or 20 percent to pay for their own salary. Now, if you refuse to pay it, immediately the soldiers would come knocking on your door and you would be thrown in prison. So you had no choice. So when John says, stop collecting more than is prescribed, what he's really telling them, stop using your power and your influence to extort money and take advantage of people. So how do we apply this lesson in our day and age, 2,000 years later? Well, a good question we have to ask ourselves, do we treat people justly? You know, many of the decisions that we make in our life can potentially affect other people's lives positively or even negatively. A good soul-searching question that we should ask ourselves, do we treat all people justly, with dignity and respect, or just those people that we get along with, or our friends? Next, John speaks to the soldiers. He says, don't practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone, and be satisfied with your wages. Now, granted, Roman soldiers were very disciplined. Yet, always there's that temptation that when given authority, even just a little bit of authority, the temptation to manipulate, to dominate others. St. Augustine referred to this as the libido dominante, the lust to dominate. We see that throughout the history of this world. We see that with Caesar, Napoleon, Stalin, Hitler, and many others. People who use their power to manipulate and dominate others. Now notice also John says, be satisfied with your wages. How often does our identity come from our careers, our titles, or positions in community? People might even compare or gauge themselves with others based upon the titles that they hold in their workplace or their positions of authority. Now this can be devastating especially when our economy takes a downturn. People will lose their jobs and they'll become depressed, angry, and frustrated. Sure, that's natural. But some people will speak with the feeling that they've lost their sense of identity. Their whole sense of who they were as a person was wrapped around their career and their titles. Well, that cannot be for us. Instead, our identity should always be rooted in Jesus Christ regardless of our positions, our titles, or our authority. Our identity is always rooted in our relationship with Jesus and how we live out that relationship every day of our life to the best of our abilities. Friends, today the gospel is great. We see people who are eager to live out their faith, and so are we. These people in the gospel for today 
are exactly like ourselves. They want to change their lives for the better. So do we. They want to prepare to welcome the Messiah. Well, so do we in the coming weeks ahead at Christmas. We, too, are an eager people. You know, we ask that same question, what should we do? Well, we must continue to open ourselves up, our heart, mind, and our soul, our will and our intellect, to receive Jesus Christ each and every day of our life. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, can't afford not to, reread this gospel. This gospel and these people are very, very similar to us. In fact, this is our story. We are an eager people, eager to receive Jesus Christ, not just at Christmas, but each and every day of our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.